It's the Halloween extravaganza. It's the cryptid extravaganza. Yep. I'm so excited. Me too. We're doing weekly episodes and a Friday the 13th we declared last week. Yep. Every week in October plus a mini episode. So this one is Flatwoods Monster and Mothman. The one and only. And next week will be Grafton Monster and Sheep Squatch. Yep. And then... Men in Black. And Black Eyed Kids. Yep. And Men in Black and other paranormal stuff. Yeah. Mm Mm-hmm. And is that the only one for that week? Yeah. Okay. And we'll then, have to figure out how to divvy it up, kind of. But And then we're doing Not Deer and Wendy Goes and Skinwalkers yep. the last week. And then Friday the 13th, we still haven't come up with That it. one's a surprise for everybody, including us. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I'm worried that like you already have an idea, and I'm just here for the ride. So Listen. <laughs> so, we're doing the Cryptid Extravaganza. By the way, still. Still, by the way, we have an Amazon link. If you need anything for Halloween, then visit the link and then you can get deals. And anything that you purchase using that link goes directly to support the podcast. We can find all kinds of Halloween stuff and uh, costumes and makeup and decorations and candy and stuff like that. And then I got some news for you. So actually, I found out, I found this out. So I looked at our Spotify. Mm-hmm. Um, and we have, this is, listen, are you ready? I'm ready. We have seven five-star reviews on Spotify. Oh my gosh, that's so exciting. So that means that six other people besides me. I did one. So five other people beside five, us. <laughs> five other people beside us like us. That's so exciting. Yeah. So oh, thank you to you it, five. Make it 25. <laughs> that's ambitious. Uh, we can do 25, I bet. Yeah. Yeah, shoot for the stars. Yeah, five stars, exactly. So <laughs> That is really exciting. It is. Um, I found that out. I was looking today and uh, trying to so gingerly set my coffee down. Unlike what I did last time. Yeah, you freaking ding, slammed it ding, ding. on the table. <laughs> you could have started a boxing match with that. <laughs> my bad. Um, listen, so yesterday, so, okay, listen. <laughs> I'm listening. Tell so, me, please. Remember, remember when I made fun of you for doing your notes the same day? Yeah. And it was like episode two or whatever. It was my first one ever. Yeah. Episode yeah. two. So I have always been so good about doing my notes mm-hmm. like the, like a week beforehand. Right. Like when you do Very your episode. Very unlike me. Yeah. Yeah. So when you do your episode, mm-hmm. I will release it thursday and then like that monday when we have the week off i'll start on my notes that's very responsible and then i have all week to kind of like compile all the information and then i'll take like a couple hours to like kind of organize stuff that if if it's not organized like when as i do it Mm -hmm. um and so but i've been doing the last i did the last two episodes because we had to split it into two parts but because of the cryptid thing it's all, it's been back to back. Yeah, and so and it's actually we don't have a week off now because the episode just released. Right. So we Thursday have to really or, get it together. <laughs> and so I I released the episode yesterday, Monday, and yeah. then we're also a day behind on actually recording. Yeah, my bad. But, <laughs> I mismanaged my time this weekend. <laughs> so yesterday I released it. I don't know if you saw when I released it, but it was like night times like nine. Yeah, I saw. Mm-hmm. I've been listening to it. And so both of them have been like l- late night, like 9 p.m. releases. Yeah. Um, 
which is also very unlike us because I've been usually releasing them at like three or two or three PM right. on a Thursday. So But it's fun. We're still getting in the swing well, of things. So I was so sick yesterday. Oh I was I was dying. Melinda said I had man flu. Man, um, that's rough. I it is. <laughs> Listen. So I so I was fine yesterday, right? Yesterday morning woke up, had a little bit of a runny nose. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I'm fine. I can deal with it. And then I did some work. And I was like, I'm, I've been so productive. I'm going to sit, like, sit down for a second and, like, do something non-productive for a minute. And in, like, the half hour that I took for myself, my, my nose stopped running. And it all boiled up in my head. And I got so congested. That's the worst. And I, so, and I've been congested before. This was like, would you say earlier, like the SpongeBob advanced darkness? Yeah. I had advanced congestion. <laughs> oh. I felt like, it felt like the front of my face was going to fall off. Like my cheekbones were going to pop off. Oh my gosh. And my eyes were going to fall out. And I've just felt like so, t- it's like, I didn't feel like weak or anything. Like when you have the flu, the actual flu, mm-hmm. I just felt like I was so. It was just messed me up. I'm sorry. And so sad. I felt like this is super gross, <laughs> but I felt like if I could have like clenched my teeth hard enough, I could have popped my head like a zip. Ew, like, ew. There was so much pressure That's in there. Disgusting. If I could have like bitten down hard enough. That's a horrible mental image. Yeah. So, I wish I had not visualized that. That's gross. Are you feeling yeah. better today? I was. Uh, yeah. So I started feeling better. Actually, a lot better last night. I took so much. I took, so I took Excedrin mm-hmm. and Advil cold and sinus at the same time. That's probably not recommended. And in the morning, I took more than what you're supposed to take of allergy medicine. Don't say that. <laughs> so I'm feeling awesome. Okay, good. So <laughs> we're feeling better. We're kind of back on schedule. We're a day off, but we're close to being back on schedule. Yeah. Well, the episode and- is still going to release on Thursday. Yeah. So it's on schedule as far as that. Right. But um, also I saw a truck fire on, my, on the interstate Sunday. Yeah, that looked so, so scary. Sent you a video while I was driving down the road. Stop incriminating so. yourself on this podcast. Who cares? So, <laughs> oh my gosh. You're being a bad influence. Kids, <laughs> drive down the road. Don't and do anything everything. that Shane says or does. My goodness. Take, take too much allergy medicine and Stop. drive. Stop. Operate heavy Olive machinery. Garden's never going to sponsor us if you keep saying oh, stuff yeah. like that. Take, I take all of it back. Everybody go to Olive Garden and buy lots of pasta. And use your medicine responsibly and, use, and drive safe. Yes. Buckle your seatbelt. Yes, gracious. Be safe driving home. Watch out for the dot deer. Bye. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> we just started. Um, right. Focus. Yeah, I saw a truck fire. So it was like, well, I'm not going to say exactly where it was. Yeah. Because I don't want to, you know. But, mm-hmm. but I, and I've happened to drive by at the perfect time. I don't know if you can see it in the video, but there was a firefighter and he assumed the stance that all firefighters in the movies take where they like are super spread legged and he has the water hose and psh, and it was good. And I like that. So, That's cool. um, and it was a huge fire and yeah, it actually looked really scary in that video. Yeah. So, um, but anyway, I bring that up because it was super cool 
Um, and it was a big fire, but also because, uh, like, I don't know if we have any truckers, like, listening, but there's probably plenty of people who drive and listen to our podcast at the same time, so just be safe driving home and watch out for the not deer. Bye. Uh, you stole my line. So, um, no, but be safe when you're driving, because I don't want you to end up in a fiery blaze, and then I'm going to take a Take a video of you and put it on my Snapchat story or something. Gotta start this episode. You keep saying crazy stuff. (laughs) I have another thing. Uh, We're doing Flatwoods Monster and Mothman. Um, So I'm going to start off with Flatwoods Monster. And a lot of the information that I have comes from... uh, So I got History Channel. Because they've done like a million different articles on particular sighting of... uh, Like this particular sighting. And oh, a bunch of other UFOs and like all kinds of other crazy stuff. So everybody knows like the meme of like the History Channel ancient aliens guy where like aliens. Yeah. Alien. <laughs> so um, there's also uh, Braxton uh, West Virginia.org, uh, West Virginia Culture.org. And there's actually on that page, there's a there's an archive page for this. And then um, there's a local news uh, WBOY. So, shout out to WBOY. I don't know where they're out of, but I don't even watch the news. So, I like where the story takes place in Braxton County. It's the middle of the state. Right in the middle. So, actually, what people don't realize is that where where the spaceship actually landed. In Flatwoods. Is the middle of West Virginia. The exact pinpoint coordinate middle of West Virginia. Yeah. I'm kidding. That's not true. No, but like Flatwoods is the middle. Yeah, I know, but it's not the pinpoint actually. Oh. <laughs> no, I just meant the town. Yeah. Flatwoods is cool. They've got a go mart there. And if you go, <laughs> if you get off the so if you get off the uh if you get off the exit to Flatwoods and you hang a left right at the intersection there. Yeah. Um there's a go mart and I went in there one day and I had to use the bathroom and the uh the door to the um to the men's bathroom was locked and i was like hey is there a key for the bathroom and he was like i don't know there might be there might be somebody in there so just go to the women's bathroom and i was like okay whatever because it's just like singles right so i went in there and there was it was like i don't know one in the morning so i went in there and as i was in the middle of using the bathroom a lady walked in on me no i was like of all the times no. in the world, one in the morning in a go-mart <laughs> in flatwoods yeah a lady walked in on me in the bathroom. That's tragic. So the only other thing I know about Flatwoods, aside from the Flatwoods monster, obviously, is that there's, there's a, a Fiesta Ware oh, warehouse there. There's a conjoined KFC and Taco Bell. Nice. Yeah, and it's across Nation the street. KFC, Taco Bell, right across the street from a marathon station and an Arby's. <laughs> so the essentials. Yeah, which and they're on the opposite side of town of the Walmart. Nice. So. That's good. And if you keep going down the road, you can go to Sutton Lake. Okay. I've driven through Flatwoods twice, but it was like traveling somewhere else, so I didn't really get to stop and explore. I just remember seeing the Fiesta Ware building. The Flatwoods Monster, also known, I didn't know this before, is also known as the Braxton County Monster, which is a worse name, and (laughs) Braxy. Which is an even dumber name. No, I kind of like Braxy. No. That's cute. Or the Phantom of Flatwoods. Yeah. 
And that's a bit of a mouthful, but it's fine. Yeah, it's very, it has alliteration, but it doesn't look that way when it's written because phantom is PH. Yeah. So, yeah. Anyway, um, it is an entity reported to have been sighted in the town of Flatwoods in Braxton County, West Virginia on September 12, 1952, after a bright object crossed the night sky. Over 50 years later, some investigators have stated that they believe the light was a meteor and the creature was a barn owl perched in a tree and shadows made it look like a large humanoid. This is Country Country Roads Roads Creeps. I'm glad the third time today worked. (laughs) You didn't have to say that. They didn't know about the other two times. I just wanted them to know. All right, so check this out. Uh, at 7.15 p.m. on September 12th, 1952, two brothers. And I'm not talking about the, the collision company. I'm talking about these two guys. It's <laughs> <laughs> like an extremely local joke. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, two brothers, Edward and Fred May, and their friend Tommy Heyer, said that they saw a bright object cross the sky and land on the property of a local farmer, G. Bailey Fisher. And the boys went to the home of Kathleen May, where they told their story. May accompanied the three boys, um, and local children Neil Nunley and Ronnie Shaver, and West Virginia National Guardsman Eugene Lemon. Um, They went to the Fisher Farm in an effort to locate whatever it was that the boys saw. Uh, the group reached the top of the hill where Nunley said that they saw a pulsing red light. Lemon said he aimed a flashlight in that direction and momentarily saw a tall man-like figure with a round red face surrounded by a pointed hood-like shape. So descriptions varied of this creature. Um, in an article for Fate magazine based on tape-recorded interviews, UFO writer Gray Barker described the figure as approximately 10 feet tall with a a round, blood-red face, large pointed hood around the face, and eyes um, were eye-like shapes that uh, emitted greenish-orange light in a dark black or green body. And May described the figure as having small claw-like hands, clothing-like folds, which I don't understand that part of the description because it's like just wearing clothes, like right, it's, just dressed. <laughs> yeah, it's like like if I ever looked at you and I was like, "Yeah, you've got clothing like folds," it'd be like, <laughs> "Yeah, I'm wearing a sweatshirt right yeah. now." <laughs> Chill. Don't say it like that. That yeah. sounds nasty. Um. Anyway, and he had a head that resembled the Ace of Spades. Uh, according to the story, when the figure made um, a hissing sound and glided toward the group, Lemon screamed and dropped his flashlight, causing <laughs> the group to run away. One of the boys peed his pants, said John Gibson, a high school freshman at the time, who knew them all. And their dog, Ricky, ran with his tail between his legs. The group said they had smelled a pungent mist, and some later said they were nauseated. The local sheriff and deputy had been investigating reports of a crashed aircraft in the area, and they searched the site of the reported monster, but saw 
heard, and smelled nothing. According to Barker's account, the next day, a Lee Stewart Jr. of the Braxton County Democrat uh, claimed to have discovered skid marks in the field and an odd gummy deposit. Those were subsequently attributed by UFO enthusiast groups as evidence of a saucer landing. Because there's been so many of these, they know that gummy-like substances are just synonymous with <laughs> UFO landings. Yeah. <laughs> I don't mean to be so discountish of this, <laughs> but I'm just, I'll get into it at the end, but it's I, so stupid. When people are like, yeah, this happened, and therefore it's a saucer, it's like, <laughs> okay. We, we, I'm sure, like, we know of so many of these, and there's this evidence in every single one of them, so whatever. Like, cool. Anyway, according to former news editor Holt Bairn, newspaper stories were carried throughout the country. Radio broadcasts were carried on large networks, and hundreds of phone calls were received from all parts of the country. Uh, the National Press Services rated the story number 11 for the year, which means that there's 10 better than that. It didn't even make the top 10. So, another thing I'm upset about. <laughs> a minister from Brooklyn came to question the family. Um, a Pittsburgh paper sent a special reporter. And UFO writers like Gray Barker and Ivan T. Sanderson arrived to investigate. Then, it prompted a U.S. Air Force UFO inquiry. Uh, part of a project called Project Blue Book, which we're going to be doing an episode on that later on so keep an eye out for that when i get i really get to put on my like my personality of my all the things that i conspiracy hat yeah my conspiracy hat and oh no <laughs> yeah it's gonna be so much fun <laughs> it'll so, be a solo solo episode uh, you're recording by yourself on that one yeah. <laughs> um so they dispatched a handful of investigators around the country to look into uh these claims on UFO landings and stuff like that. That was what Project Blue Book was, supposedly. Anyway. Uh, from WBOY, uh, they say, uh, apparently the U.S. government sent some men, quote-unquote men in black, which we're going to be talking about in a couple of weeks, uh, to their house, who investigated the sighting, took down their witness reports, which apparently all of them were the same, and Miss May got some of the oil on her dress that night from the ship, and they took the dress, and they said they would return it, but they never did. So that's sad. Um, which, as as part of that, it's like, so the government somewhere has in an evidence locker for UFOs that dress, some lady's dress that they're keeping mm-hmm. as like this oil is from out of this world. Yeah. So, anyway, state police laughed off the reports as hysteria. Uh, the newspaper story said, <laughs> um, they, so they said the so-called monster had grown from seven to 17 feet in just 24 hours. <laughs> uh, but rattled eyewitnesses weren't the only reason the story took off. Americans were truly frightened in 1952, made anxious by atomic bombs and what seemed like a new world made by mad scientists. Even Life magazine, probably the most popular publication in the nation at the time, had just a few months later, or sorry, a few months earlier, 
published a seemingly credible trend story about flying saucers into that fertile American atmosphere of fear and death and demagoguery. Life dropped a bombshell headline. Have we visitors from space? <laughs> yes. The Air yes, Force. We did. This is a, a quoted from them, by the way. The Air Force is now ready to concede that many saucer and fireball sightings still defy explanation. Life's summary headline said, Life offers some scientific evidence that there is real case for interplanetary saucers. The story fills with seemingly credible accounts, including from eyewitness Air Force pilots, appeared in April 1952, just five months before Ed and Freddie May climbed that hilltop. The May Brothers' monster story hit just three years after the Soviet Union successfully tested an atomic bomb in 1949 and the Air Force was scanning for bombers over our skies. Um, which, that's actually, like, one of the more interesting things for, like, um, kind of like the, I guess, like, the communist scare, the Red Scare, um, is that for, there was a huge swath of our history where everyone was so terrified that we were going to get into a nuclear war with Russia or some other country, mainly Russia. And so we had, like, airplanes and satellites and radar constantly scanning for stuff that we didn't necessarily that wasn't necessarily ours and they were trying to find stuff that like so if there was anything from any other countries we would have found it and if there was anything from other planets we would have found it and uh there was actually another thing kind of similar to this where for this has been declassified for a while now that for a good long, long time, they constantly had a bomber in the sky. 24-7, there were bombers in the sky that were ready. If the United States ever was attacked, those bombers would divert course and go straight to whoever sent those bombs and nuke them. Right. They constantly had nukes in the sky for like 40 or 50 years. It was kind of silly. But anyway, uh, Julius, Julius and Ethel Rosenberg at the time were awaiting execution for sending American nuclear weapon designs to the Soviets. Um, a political demagogue, Senator Joseph McCarthy of Wisconsin, spent the previous two years stoking fears that communists had infiltrated not only the U.S. Department of State, but almost every industry and corner of the nation. Communists had killed thousands of American soldiers in Korea by 1952, including four youngsters. 21 or younger, from Braxton County, West Virginia. Um, and they, um, some of them died just a few months before that monster had landed. Um, one of those killed in action, U.S. Marine Private First Class, Lantry R. Frame, age 20, had grown up in Sutton, only six miles from the May Boys in Flatwoods. Um, after investigating the case in 2000, Joe Nickel, who we've heard the name of before. Uh, he's on the Committee for Skeptical Inquiry, concluded that the bright light in the sky reported by the witnesses on September 12th was most likely a meteor, and that the pulsating red light was likely an aircraft navigation or hazardous beacon, and that the creature uh, described by witnesses closely resembled an owl. Nichols suggested that witnesses' perceptions were distorted by their heightened state of anxiety because of all this communist red scare stuff going on mm -hmm. and the wars 
and the other UFO sightings and all this other stuff. Uh, the night of September 12th sighting, a meteor had been observed across three states, Maryland, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. According to Nickel, three flashing red aircraft beacons were also visible from the area of the sightings, which could account for descriptions of a pulsating red light and a red tint on the face or supposed of the supposed monster. Nickel concluded that the shape, movement, and sounds reported by the witnesses were also consistent with the silhouette, flight pattern, and call of a startled barn owl perched on a tree limb, leading researchers to conclude that foliage beneath the owl may have created the illusion of lower portions of the creature described as being a pleated green skirt. And from WBOI, again, conspiracy theories on what the monster was, um, actually was, began to pop up as the story gained traction. Some of the theories suggest that it was just a kid pulling a prank or an owl. And they actually, I saw a picture of, it was like somebody made a drawing of like mm-hmm. how a kid would do this prank. And it was like <laughs> basically a kid in a trench coat <laughs> with like a stick and a face on the end of the stick. Like, <laughs> it looks so stupid. But anyway, uh, they tied it in with other stories around the country about the same time, explained Burns, um, who was a, he's a, like a UFO paranormal expert in West Virginia. Um, this was the age of the space race. So there was a lot of interest in interstellar crafts. And this was the time of Roswell. This was the time of Sputnik and things like that that were getting ready to take off. So it was very forefront in people's minds. So people were thinking maybe it was just mass hysteria. Maybe it was fake. Maybe it was just made up. But I have actually met the maze at one point years ago. A long time ago in Flatwoods, at one event, and they are very adamant, they saw what they saw. And I believe they believe, you know, I believe them. What they say they saw, now what it was, I don't know. So, I, I like it when people, after years and years and years and years, are very adamant about, and like, stick to their story. Yeah, don't waver from it. Uh, yeah, unlike... Uh, Buzz Aldrin, who said that he never went to the moon. Anyway. What? Researchers also you concluded. You can't just say stuff like that. Yes, I can. We're it's gonna, true. We're going to fight. He said it. You can't just drop that in the middle of this unrelated story and then move on from Not it. Related. So related. <laughs> Researchers also concluded that the witness's inability to agree on whether the creature had arms, combined with May's report of it having small claw-like hands, which extended in front of it, also matched the description of a barn owl with its talons gripping a tree branch. A skeptic named Ryan Haupt also says that although Max Lockard admitted to driving his truck around the site, hoping to see something paranormal, uh, investigators made the claim that the tracks and rubbery substances were left by a UFO and not the, not the truck. So, it's, it's kind of stupid how like this guy was like, yeah, I was driving my truck around. And they were and they were like, oh yeah, we found some skid marks, but that definitely couldn't be by the truck. It's got to be that craft. All these UFO guys came around. They were like, it's not. Hmm. It's not the truck. Truck doesn't leave. It was a UFO. Yeah, these are these are you know these are not the right tire size for a right. for a truck. This is UFO tires. <laughs> so, um, UFO officials, stock tires. Yeah. Um. Officials in Flatwood erected a welcome sign, which designated the town as the home of the green monster. 
and the town also commemorates the legend as it's at its annual Flatwoods Days Festival. And located in the town of Sutton, the Braxton County seat is the Flatwoods Monster Museum, which is dedicated to the legend. And the Braxton County Convention and Visitors Bureau also built a series of five tall chairs in the shape of the monster to serve as landmarks and visitor attractions. And the Bureau rewards visitors who photograph all five chairs with free Braxy stickers. Oh, that's cool. In 2013, West Virginia rock singer Argyle Goolsby released a song called The Beak, which references the Flatwoods Monster. And the legend of the Flatwoods Monster has also inspired media beyond West Virginia. The video game Fallout 76 features the creature, and it was also the subject of a 2018 documentary, The Flatwoods Monster, A Legacy of Fear, produced by Small Town Monsters, an indie production company documenting unusual events throughout America. In television, the second episode of 2019's History Channel series, Project Blue Book, titled The Flatwoods Monster, is based on the Flatwoods incident. So, here's what I want to say. Fallout 76, trash game. Um, I think Mothman's in that too, isn't he? Uh-huh. Yeah, there's a lot of stuff. Um, but it's garbage. Why? So, it didn't work. Oh. Or, yeah. Bad. So, I don't know. I'm not going to, like, get into it for the podcast, but they, <laughs> they hyped the game up as, like, this big, like, you get to explore West Virginia. Right. And then, like, it was so buggy and so, like, I mean, people, the meme now is, like, this is literally unplayable. Oh. So, people will come up with, like, the smallest little inconvenience of a video game or, like, uh, I don't know, whatever, okay. like, and be yeah. like, this is literally unplayable. <laughs> but, the, like, Fallout 76 for the first few months like a long time it was you literally could not play it without it frustrating yeah so and especially because fallout is a huge video game series made by bethesda yeah i've played one of them at some point i don't remember which one but so it wasn't 76 yeah people people loved it Mm -hmm. and everybody was really excited to play in west virginia and yeah but the flywoods monster is in it mothman is in it but it's just the it didn't really live up to anything it was. And actually, stuff was so buggy and messed up. And, like, you you were able to make, like, uh, I don't I don't, they, I don't think they called it, like, homesteads. But you could make, like, a base. And randomly, um, it happened to all kinds of people. Randomly, you would, uh, like, your base would just disappear. And you couldn't, it didn't save anything. And it was just terrible. So, but Bethesda came out with a new game recently called Starfield. And that's really good. <laughs> oh, good. Good. They made up for it. Not really. It's... <laughs> I was trying to give them some credit. No. Starfield's a totally new IP. It's just very good. And there's aliens in it. And you get to shoot them with laser guns. That's cool. But anyway. So how do these stories gain credence? Mm-hmm. I feel like every episode I do like the questions part of it in the notes where yeah. I say it really, really slowly. And now it's too late to stop. It's fine. So it's your branding now. Um, it's not necessarily that millions believe in UFOs, says behavioral psychologist Clay Rutledge. Many UFO devotees usually don't believe, he says, but they are seduced by the story. Um, so why? Uh, there's hope that we are not just insignificant organisms walking around aimlessly on a rock floating in space, says Rutledge. Um, he's a he's a brain scientist. That's pretty 
high speed. Mm -hmm. Um, UFO beliefs and cultures are also part of his specialties. Um, there's hope that we are part of something bigger. He says, yeah. Um, he calls it, uh, cosmic lonely, cosmic loneliness. Um, and that may be, but if the May brothers are familiar with that phrase, they are probably rolling in their, uh, probably rolling their eyes, not rolling in their graves. I was about to say rolling <laughs> oh in their graves. God. They're not dead. They're still alive. <laughs> um, so, and they also still stand by their story. So they, all these years, they've still held to their story. Like I, I believe said. them. Um, they're in their late 70s now, and they're no longer talking to reporters. Uh, they got tired of, tired after 100,000 interviews, I bet. Yeah, I'm so. sure. Um, and if they've never stuck from their story, they're just repeating themselves. I mean, if they never strayed from their story, they're just repeating it over and over and over. They probably did get tired of saying the same thing and still being yeah. questioned. So, um, the brothers did appear in a recent documentary about the Flatwoods Phantom. Um, and in the video trailer teasing that show, Freddie looks calmly into the camera and says, as far as for myself, it doesn't matter to me whether people believe or don't believe. So. I believe. Good for him. Um, and by the way, there's a, there's a the place where the supposed craft and alien landed are on private property, so please don't go there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, it's private, and they probably don't want you there. I'm sure, like, if, if I was, like, a farmer on the land, I would be like, why do hippies keep showing up to look at my alien place? Maybe the real Flatwoods monster is the friends we made along the way. <laughs> <laughs> okay, anyway. Okay, so to be honest, my personal opinion on this whole thing is that something weird probably did happen that night, and you could you could say that an alien did land. Um, why does your coaster keep sticking to your coffee cup? I don't know. It just landed in my lap. By the way, we Hannah has a uh, themed like West Virginia monster themed uh, coasters, and she has the Mothman coaster, which is she covering today, and I have the Flatwoods Monster coaster. And I'm also using the Bigfoot coaster for my water because you're a drink goblin. And what's the fourth one down there? It's um, Grafton Monster. My sister's boyfriend bought these for Dark and I uh, when we got married. They're carved out of wood. They're cool. He got them at the state fair from the, I'm trying to see what it says, Bearwood Company, West Virginia Bearwood Company. Shout out to Bearwood Company. They're cool. Anyway, so so you can say that an alien landed here, um, and you can believe that. You could also call it just like a series of extremely lucky and unusual events. Um, and, and people in the right place at the right time. I think there's probably some kind of natural explanation, such as the owl theory or the fact that there's red signaling lanterns everywhere or, um, you know, something that illuminates them at the perfect time of day where the shadows are the longest. Because this is at dusk in September. So, right. it's, I mean, it's, it's too, like, too many things, I think, have gone unusual here um, for it to be completely, like, naturalistic. but. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, the fact that there was this big government involvement is pretty weird to me. Uh, I suppose for the time, uh, having like the space race going on and the Red Scare with all the dirty commies and the P 
pinko commies and everybody's calling each other pinkos because they don't like like hey you don't wear ties on sundays to church you must be don't even know what you're saying right now i don't know i'm just having a time i'm going back to like my the 50s anyway um everybody's scared that the soviets have nukes and there's all this ufo stuff going on at the same time because of like roswell and everybody every week is putting out a new ufo sighting and the government has to go investigate it um like we discussed that part in the in the even like the mass hysteria episode but the the whole like flying saucer craze is so crazy because every week the government's like okay so did the soviets like send this over or is it actually aliens because like when we have to go check it out because this is like a national security thing at this point like we so everyone is super scared especially the government and especially the public so it's just it's like the perfect time and place for something unusual to happen um and so is it something that's natural or is it something that's not from this world um in the event that it actually is something uh not like human or alien or something um i guess the government is going to send the men in black so to scare people or freak people out (laughs) right so and i'm not talking about will smith and (laughs) that other guy who's the actor's name escapes me at this moment but anyway um to an extent i guess the big government involvement part of it kind of lends credence to people being like hey that's this is super weird even if it is something that's natural because yeah but now i want to know what the secret is yeah you think if it was like just an owl or whatever it wouldn't be so yeah. such a big deal of them taking that dress that the oil on it and not returning it and all that stuff yeah so there's so there's also the fact that like and we're going to get into this like whenever we do like a big deep dive into ufos but there for a time the government was like yeah this weird thing that everybody saw it was swamp gas and it's like that's not <laughs> like everyone knows it wasn't swamp gas but the government's like yeah it was mm-hmm. prove us wrong right <laughs> it's like you, so whatever um so the, so the government has to like look into this stuff and be like hey is this something is this aliens or like could it be one of ours like because if it is one of ours we were testing all kinds of new technology at the time and new ways of flight yeah and so if there's something of ours we want to keep a secret so um and there's all kinds of like money in the black budget projects and stuff like revolving all of this new technology and new weapons at the time because you got to beat the soviets and all the commies and the yeah so it's a good time to be an american in the 50s if you were in the military or the military industrial complex i mean if you were a specific type of american definitely wasn't good for everybody (laughs) uh that anyway that's my takeaways for this whole thing um give me mothman i guess that was good though. I'm just I so I just I love talking about uh like it goes outside of the scope a little bit of like what the episode is for, but I love talking about like space race stuff and yeah. How I don't know, how the government is doing so much shady stuff. I don't think it's hard at all to believe that, you know, those people did see something weird that might have been Me neither. And look, odd. I'm exactly 45 minutes and we had a bathroom break, so So really it's like 40. You got to cut a bunch of that out. <laughs> yeah. And 
And you gave me a lecture last week whenever we were recording. You were like, hey, don't go over 40. We can share the episode. Yeah. So I didn't. So well, because part one and part two were both almost two hours. And I was like, you can't spend two hours on Flatwoods if I'm, I'm also talking in the same episode. <laughs> I didn't. I followed the rules. Yeah, good job. <laughs> I'm proud of you. Yep. That was good. Um, China. Stop pressing those. My favorite. <laughs> okay. Uh, we're going to switch over to Mothman now. And before I start, I'm going to acknowledge that in our past episodes, we might have talked about some cryptids and we may or may not have said some things like, oh, that's silly. There's no way that's real. Why would people believe that? There's no photographs. There's no evidence. This is just made up. I will be accepting none of that as I tell you about Mothman. <laughs> I won't hear it. I won't allow it. There will be no skepticism in this household. Okay. <laughs> okay. I love Mothman. <laughs> I will allow no disbelief. Um, if you are a skeptic, go ahead and turn this off because we don't want the energy. <laughs> okay. Okay. And also, <laughs> also, while I was doing this research... This is so ridiculous, but I was kind of getting a little spooked about it last night. Like, I was getting creeped out, I think, because I was here by myself because Dirk was working a double, and it was kind of, like, late and dark. And I know the story of Mothman. I love Mothman, but for some reason, like, reading all the encounters again and putting it all together was really creeping me out, and I was getting nervous. I had to turn all the lights on and, like, play music and stuff. So, it's not a scary story. I just got scared for whatever reason. Okay. So, this story originates in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Why? You are not in charge of the buttons. This is my turn. Point Pleasant sucks. You are not in charge of the Just buttons. Just No out. more touching. Shout out Point Pleasant. This is in Mason County, which is over on like the western border of West Virginia, like halfway. Okay. <laughs> Or Shane's laughing because he just pretended to press a button again. <laughs> the boo button specifically. Because he's in a weird mood today. No, I'm, I'm going to wait until you're ready. Quit acting like a third grade teacher. <laughs> <laughs> oh, <you> remember? <laughs> oh, I forgot to tell you this. Oh. I just remembered. What? Remember when we did the Trans-Allegheny episode and I told you to put on your listening ears and then I made you repeat something back to me to show me you were listening? Uh-huh. One of my coworkers, um, Amanda, she listened to it and she said, I love that you used classroom management techniques on Shane to get him to listen. Oh, my God. I laughed so hard. I'm sure, like, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know this for a fact, but I have a feeling in my heart she has to do that with Mike sometimes. <laughs> like, Probably. Okay, so yeah, I'm gonna wait till you're ready. <laughs> I'm ready. I've been ready since this morning. <laughs> this story originates in Point Pleasant, West Virginia, which is in Mason County. This is over on the western border of the state, about halfway, like up the western coast. I was gonna say, but we're not on a coast, the western border. So we're starting on November 12th, 1966, with a group of men digging graves in a cemetery. That's good. Good place to start. <laughs> They reported seeing something massive soaring over their heads and moving quickly from tree to tree. They didn't give a lot of detail, but they described it as being a brown human being with wings. So it's definitely something. Um, and that's credited as the first Mothman sighting. But the next one is the most famous one that most people know. 
That actually happened three days later on November 15th, 1966. And this is where two couples were driving around together, like on a double date sort of deal. So we have Roger and Linda Scarberry were one couple, and then Steve and Mary Millette were the other couple. They were driving on Route 62 near what the locals called the TNT area. This was the site of a former World War II munitions plant, which I think you mentioned. Yeah. You talked about Mothman. So the TNT area is where they were driving by, and they reported to the local paper, the Point Pleasant Register, that what they saw had bright red eyes about six inches apart, wings that spanned 10 feet, and they said it had white wings. So that's a little different than what the... Gravedigger said. Do you think it's this? Do you think it's the same, or do you think it's just two different, um, completely different? I, I feel like it would be the same. You know, if it's that close together. Sometimes I feel like at night, depending on how lights are shining and how shadows are, sometimes things look different colors. Right. So I mean, they would have had. They saw him in their car lights, so that could have been. Then you read signaling lanterns nearby yeah (laughs) and so the headline in the point pleasant register was couples see man-sized bird creature something yeah (laughs) yes that's the famous headline uh the the four people that were together in the car they reported that the creature was awkward and clumsy on foot because they first saw mothman walking on the tnt building and so I'm just, like, picturing a clumsy mothman. <laughs> he's, like, tripping. So goofy. <laughs> yeah, he's, like, not walking well. He's, like, really majestic, like, flying. They're like, wow, that, yeah. that's incredible. And then he lands. And he's, he's just, like. like clumsy. <laughs> yeah, like. <laughs> I love that. Yeah, so um, Linda specifically said that it was a slender, muscular man, about seven feet tall with white wings. And she couldn't really discern his face because his eyes were hypnotic. So, like, she was just, like, looking in his eyes and didn't really notice the other, the other facial features. And so, kind of like you said, he was clumsy on foot, but oh, I guess graceful is not the right word, but better at flying than walking. <laughs> um, they were They got scared because he flew off the building and started flying t- over their car and so they were driving away really fast, and Mothman was chasing them while they were driving. And they reported that they got their car going nearly 100 miles per hour, and Mothman was keeping up with their car flying over. Oh. Yeah, so they could kind of, like, see out the windows that he was still there. So that's kind of crazy. And he, while he was chasing them, he was making screeching sounds all the way to the city limits. Right. And then, I guess, stopped following them. So what's the fastest bird? Like, uh, That's a good question. Should we look it up really quick? I'll look it up, and you keep saying okay. information about Mothman. I think it's a falcon, one of those falcons that dives in the water. Maybe. That's I good to know. I think, my guess is it goes 180 miles an hour. <laughs> That's so fast. They're fast, I'm telling you. <laughs> All right. So, they, they see this, this crazy thing happen, and obviously it's you know kind of hard to believe, but they do report it. Roger said he wouldn't have reported it if he had been alone because he knew it sounded crazy. But mm-hmm. all with all four of them together, they all saw the same thing. They told the same story, and they didn't waver from it. So they, they stuck to what they saw. Steve said that it was like a man with wings. So that's kind of matching up with what the gravediggers saw. Yeah. And then the Gettysburg Times reported eight more sightings over the next three days. Did you find that? 
Fastest yes. bird. Fastest bird is the peregrine falcon. How fast? It. Okay, so there's two speeds. Um, <laughs> in level flight, it goes 68 miles an hour. Mm-hmm. But the fastest speed it gets when it dives for prey, mm-hmm. it'll go 200 to 240 miles per hour. That's crazy. Um, and it's, it's so, so it says uh, to reach extreme speeds. This is from A to Z animals.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Falcon has the ability to fold its aerodynamic wings back against its body to reduce drag. And according to one study, it will continue to make small adjustments to wing position and speed right up until the moment of contact in order to hit its target. Hmm. Um, and it also has on here the slowest animal is a sloth. They move 0.03 miles per hour. So cute. It's actually slower than snails and starfish. Yeah. And koalas. Anyway. Cool. So I imagine chasing a car would be considered level flight. Yes. So this is faster than the fastest Unless it was diving on it. And then it would level back and dive again. Maybe. I don't know. But they went all the way to the city limits, so I mean. Well, peregrine falcons aren't that big. True, yeah. That Um, would be really scary. (laughs) That would be actually terrifying. It's diving 200 miles per hour and it's huge. Yeah. yeah. Um, so some of the other reports, there were two volunteer firefighters that said they saw a very large bird with red eyes. We'll talk more about it, the possibility of it being a bird, which I will refute <laughs> in a second. Uh, one of the other reports was from Newell Partridge from Salem, West Virginia. I looked it up, and that's about two hours from Point Pleasant by car. He says that he saw strange patterns on his TV screen one night and heard mysterious noises outside his home. So he went out and shined a flashlight around. And in the woods, he saw two red eyes like bicycle reflectors looking back at him. Isn't that scary? I've read that and like pictured that happening and it gave me chills. So does Mothman affect electricity? Like in your Maybe. Maybe. And uh, the same person, Newell, also believes Mothman took his dog. (laughs) <laughs> sad you mean like for food or like it just took it and now um, it's like you're like walking to, with me now yeah i like to believe it was for a companion because he found paul prince going in a circle in the woods and then the paul prince just disappeared just disappeared the, the uh, and then he never found this dog again i i like that you say it's you you like to think it's for a companion when i think we full well know that mothman ate that dog you don't know that shane you weren't there. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and so um, apparently over 100 people saw Mothman, and he was commonly reported to attack the roofs of parked cars, often occupied by teenagers. <laughs> attack parked cars? Yeah. You ever, I sent you the video. I think I've posted it to like our story or something of like, Mothman stole my catalytic converter in, in Point, Point Pleasant, Pleasant. West Virginia. <laughs> yeah. And he steals dogs. <laughs> and steals dogs yeah. for food. And a lot of the reports said that he could fly, like, kind of straight up, like how a helicopter can lift straight up from where it is. That's yeah. how Mothman can, his motion. He can hover? Yeah. Huh. That's cool. He's yeah. a cool guy. Except for the dog stealing part, but maybe he just wanted a friend. Um, Something yeah. interesting <laughs> that I... 
couldn't find the details on, so, I mean, maybe it's not true, but we're going to pretend it is, is that there were reports of men in black that came to Point Pleasant after all of these initial sightings started happening. So strange men dressed in black suits came to the town and were, like, going around to houses and talking to people and warning them not to talk about what they saw. Clearly they did anyway, but yeah, that's interesting. If there's one thing you can count on is hillbillies talking. Yeah. Like not we're not keeping a secret. No. So that happens for a, a little while. People are seeing Mothman reporting it to the papers. Now, then we come to December 15th. And this is when tragedy struck Point Pleasant, probably one of the most famous Mothman events. Is that the bridge? Yep. The bridge. Yes. Yes. Well, don't sound so excited oh. about it. <laughs> You're not in charge of the buttons. Oh, yeah. This is my story. Don't touch the buttons. <laughs> I'll do it when I'm ready. Okay. Okay. So uh, this was, like I said, December 15th, 1967. This is just over a year since the first sighting. It's like a year and a month. Traffic was bad on the Silver Bridge because it was close to Christmas. So you have yep. people traveling, people shopping, you know, all, all that stuff. That bridge was originally built in 1928 when the Model T car weighed 1,500 pounds. The average car in 1967 weighed 4,000 pounds. So things are a little different. It's packed for Christmas. And also the bridge was not built with a lot of redundancy. So if a part failed, there weren't a lot of backups. So it wasn't great engineering to begin with. What do you mean there's not, are they special parts for bridges? Well, not necessarily the parts, but just like the design. Like, oh, okay. you'll build fail-safes in, so if one part fails, there's other pieces that would still operate or, like, catch yeah. it. Okay. This it, bridge didn't have the safety features built in. Not enough silver. All they had right. gold parts. <laughs> oh, my goodness. So, what happened, um, I read that a single I-bar at the top of the bridge near the Ohio side cracked. Don't know what an I-bar is. I assume it's something important. Um, and so like then, an I-beam? Like a... Maybe... Something cracked. Something One of important cracked. Things that in the old TV shows, all the construction workers eat their lunch on, and that baby <laughs> across, like it kind of like Mr. Magood its way across the construction right. site. Yeah. Uh, so that cracked, and then one of the chains that was helping to like suspend the bridge snapped, and the bridge just fell to pieces. Like it literally fell apart. Yeah. Fell apart, and that this bridge spanned over the Ohio River, so people fell down into the river. It was December. The water's frigid. Um, 46 people died, either oh, from no. drowning or being crushed, and two of them were never found. So that's really sad. Now, the reason that Mothman gets brought into this bridge collapse is because some people said later on, it was reported that they saw Mothman near the bridge before the collapse. That led to the idea that he was a harbinger of doom. Uh-huh. Or you could believe he was trying to warn the people that something bad was going to happen. Oh, doom. I think that he was trying to let them know. You think he's nice? Yeah. I think he's a good guy. Does this I think he's misunderstood. Many... Okay. Like emo. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he has like the bangs to like swoop over. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, we're going to talk about his hair later. <laughs> he has hair? <laughs> kind of. Um, does it say how many people actually fell out of the bridge? Or just that 46 people died? Uh, just as 46 people died. Okay. Yeah. I'm sure there were more that were injured. I kind of want to like know the, what the ratio was. Like, yeah, it wasn't good. I know that. Yeah, there's a, so, there was 50 people. Yeah, total. After uh, after the bridge collapse, I mean, Mothman was talked about for a couple of days, but reports of him 
just kind of quickly completely died out after this incident. So that leads some skeptics, of course, to say that like, well, he was never really there to begin with. It was just something for people to talk about for a year and then something bad happened and that took their attention. So everybody forgot about Mothman. If you believe that Mothman was real, then maybe he just left the area for a while. Went on vacation. Because maybe he had to go warn somebody else that something bad was going to happen or bring doom to them. Who knows? Okay. Hard to say. Doom. <laughs> went, went to Florida, brought Doom to Florida. Oh, man. Came back. All right. Anyway, so while all of those sightings were happening for the year, there was a woman named Mary Heyer, and she was a journalist for the Athens, Ohio Messenger. She is responsible for a large amount of the reporting done. She was you know, out there interviewing people, asking questions, gathering whatever evidence there was was just anecdotal, but still interesting. She did a lot of their reporting. And then in 1975, she worked with John Keel, who wrote The Mothman Prophecies. He did it to document the sighting, and he also start, tried, like connected it with UFO activity in his book. And that book is what the movie The Mothman Prophecies was loosely based on in 2002. Have you ever seen that? No. I actually haven't. haven't either. I've watched like some documentaries, but I haven't seen that. I um, thought that that was the thing that made people think that he was he did the bridge. Yeah, that's what but, I was going to say next. Was that movie portrayed Mothman as the harbinger of doom? Okay, but people so that, people thought already that Mothman was. Some did, some didn't. It was like mentioned a little bit, but people didn't really talk about him much after the, the bridge collapse. The book but the, the movie, movie brought really, it back. Yeah. yeah. So then after that movie, people kind of, well, I think it was before and after. It was around the movie. People started connecting Mothman sightings with other disasters around the world. I don't really know too much of how I believe in this, but some people said that like Mothman was seen at Chernobyl yeah, and then at 9-11 at the towers yeah. and stuff. I don't know about all that. Was there any other countries he was seen in? Um, Probably. I don't know. That's what I wrote down. <laughs> like, a, like a very large East Asia country? China. I don't think so. Think? <laughs> um, so let me give you some of the alternate theories that we don't believe. But that we don't believe we don't believe these. Anna's speaking for me. <laughs> okay. Um, Dr. Robert L. Smith, he was an associate professor of wildlife biology at WVU. So when all the first the sightings were first happening, he shut it down and said that Mothman was probably just a sandhill crane that had gotten really lost off its migration route to Florida. I looked up what that path would look like. It's not impossible, but it's like a big detour from the way the bird would have gone on its migration. Yeah. It's not impossible. They've been seen in West Virginia before, but it's not common. Um he said it was a sandhill crane because those birds get pretty big and they have like red skin and red feathers around their eyes. I'm not at all whatsoever convinced by that idea. You have a um, picture of that? Like, yeah, I can. I had one saved. I can pull it up, but you can just find it on your phone sandhill crane. And uh, that theory was kind of strengthened because it was said that the, the the specific crane that was being mistaken for Mothman could have been deformed because of the toxic materials at the TNT area because that actually was harming wildlife. Yeah, but and I'm, at Chernobyl. Yeah, 
But I'm thinking like, well, if there's toxic materials deforming wildlife, then maybe that also helped create Mothman. (laughs) (laughs) I can see where the Sandhill Crane... Yeah, but I don't think it's big enough. Like, it's big, but I don't think it's big enough to match all the stories. Fair. I just, I was just going to say And it couldn't fly fast enough to follow that car, I wouldn't think. Maybe if it was mutated by TNT. Yeah, it got like super speed. It would, I mean, it would have like... a car 100 miles per hour. What what do they call like explosive fast twitch muscle fiber? Yeah. (laughs) Like Steph Curry. Yeah. Or whoever is a famous basketball player. Mm -hmm. No, I was just going to say that it has the, uh, like the red circles around its eyes. Yeah. Like Mothman usually has. Mm Mm-hmm. And also, just... Let me see it again on your phone. Like that? Yeah, like, it is red, and it does have a large wingspan. Yeah. I just don't really see it. Like, its neck is kind of long, so I don't think you would see that and think, oh, that looks like a winged man. Like, I don't think its body looks human enough. Like a really skinny guy with wings? I don't know. Hmm. I don't know. I'm just saying it looks... I mean, I could see the... I see the resemblance. Is what I'm trying to say. I don't. I don't. <laughs> anyway, okay. next theory. Mason County Sheriff George Johnson said it would have. It could have been a heron. So another bird, real original. <laughs> yeah. Other people said maybe an owl, but none of those don't match up enough with what was reported and what was seen. A blue-footed booby. <laughs> uh, some people say it was just a prankster, like somebody getting into the TNT area and dressing up to scare people for fun. Yeah. But that brings me back to the question. How could they fly and chase cars? They couldn't. So that theory denied. Put it in the trash. In a trench coat. And then we get to my least theory of all time that we've all come to know and hate. Mass hysteria. (laughs) That's such a lame theory. I hate when they're like, oh, it was just a case of mass hysteria. It's so lazy. Yeah. It's like, we don't really know what it was, so we're just going to say that everybody panicked. Yep. Everyone who's seen Worst anything Worst theory ever. It's crazy. That's so aggravating. Yep. I'm glad, like, we did our first couple of episodes on that. Because, yeah. Because <laughs> it comes up so much. I didn't know how much Me either. hysteria. Like, every time there's something. Anything like, that's out of the ordinary. Oh, mass hysteria. Yeah. Like, the skeptics always come in, and they're like, yeah, it's just a hysteria case. Yeah. But, like, I don't know. I That's... Yeah, like you said, it's irritating. It almost, like, takes away some of the credibility that some of the skeptics actually have, like, where they come up with a good explanation. Yeah. But you're like, yeah, but you're a skeptic, and that means you're in the group with all the people that say mass hysteria. Right. That means you're And it takes away from actual cases of mass hysteria. Like, when it really was, if you call everything mass hysteria, then it takes away from those real instances. Right. Um. So those were some explanations to try to say, oh, it wasn't liter- it wasn't Mothman, it was this instead. We reject those. Now, here's a theory that's in support of Mothman being real, but for a different reason that I thought was interesting. <laughs> so, <laughs> so instead of being like a mutated creature from the TNT area, there is a suggestion that maybe Mothman... And the Silver Bridge collapse is connected to a 200-year-old curse because Shawnee Chief Cornstalk, who led Native Americans at the Battle of Point Pleasant, was murdered there during the Revolutionary War. And we know that that's never good, as we have seen in our past stories. So it could just be a big old curse. Could be, yeah. That led to Mothman's creation and the collapse and everything. Yeah. 
How do how do Indian chiefs get their name? I don't know. Like Chief Cornstalk, or like uh, there's a like there was that Chief Crazy Horse. He's a famous chief. Mm-hmm. Or I don't know. It just seems like I'm sure it has to do with like their actions and things yeah. that they do. Are they? I don't know. I'd have to like go look at them and see like what their native language name is. Yeah. And then maybe it, I don't know. It just, to me, like anytime I hear somebody talking about like a chief and it's like a, one of those kind of names, it just sounds like, is that like offensively made up or like. No, that was like what they went by. I know, but it, I just feel like movies from like, you know what I'm saying? Like the Cowboys and Indians movies from the sixties are always like very against like native Americans. It seems like. And so then I w- always wonder like. <laughs> No, I think it's just what, like, their name's translated to. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Like, I want to go and look at, like, what the native language... What it was in their language? Yeah. Yeah. And see what it actually sounds like there. But we know how good I am at pronouncing (laughs) native words, so So I'll skip that. I have some extra info for you. So, in 2016, listen to this. Are you ready for this? this Listening ears. Absurd. There was a man hunting in Point Pleasant who said he had just recently moved there. He claimed to see Mothman, took a picture of him flying on Route Route 2 in Mason County, and submitted it to the local news there. And it was really um, high resolution <laughs> and very clear, and everyone knows what it looked like. I looked at the picture, and like it's so obviously fake. <laughs> it's so fake. Yeah. And he didn't let himself be identified. Like, he was anonymous. And... He said that he had never even heard of Mothman until after this, after he took his picture. He didn't know it was Mothman. He didn't know Mothman existed. Right. And like, I'm sorry, not a chance, not a chance do you live in Ple- Point Pleasant and you've never heard of Mothman. There's a statue of him in the town. You have the Mothman Museum. There's a festival every year. There's no way in the world you live there and you've never heard of Mothman. Okay. Yeah. Be for real, please. I live I live in Hershey, Pennsylvania. Never heard of a Reese's Cup. Yeah, there's no way. But he was hunting and took this picture and tried to pretend like he had never heard of Mothman and saw him. So what does the picture look like? Are you going to send that to um, It looks like a grainy picture taken at night with some Mothman clip art blurred into the background. Is it? <laughs> it's like, it's ridiculous. Like Photoshop 101? Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You got to send that to me to post for the Yeah, so bank. like I know that doesn't really help my case that Mothman's real, but I just thought that was so ridiculous. I had uh, to tell you that uh, this man tried to pretend that he lived in Point Pleasant and had never heard of Mothman. The, the best cryptid in the world. Put some respect on his name. You're pretending like you don't know him. Is he the best? Yes. Like, Moving on. All right, so <laughs> <laughs> there have been... <laughs> There's been reports of sightings in Chicago somewhat recently. Did you know that? Yeah, I read that on the whenever I was doing some research for the all the states. Yeah, I think it was uh, Chicago, and they, I think they have a, like a specific one, like it's like the Illinois Mothman or something. Like yeah, that. I don't know. Well, there had been 55 reports of a Mothman-like creature. Not saying it's the same one, um, because I mean. That'd be a pretty long lifespan, I feel like, for a crypt for a Mothman. I don't know. Maybe they don't age, but I'm not saying it's the same one. But yeah. since 2017, there's been like 55 reports. Some of those as recent as 2020. 
describing things such as a large black bat with glowing red eyes or, like I said, another Mothman-esque creature. But these stories don't include, the ones from Chicago don't include any aggressive behaviors. So there's no like attacking car roofs or chasing and screeching after people. So it could be something else that's happening in Chicago. They're a little more civilized. Yeah, or maybe he's just like, he's older and he's more mature now. He doesn't want to screech and attack cars. Tired. Just wants, yeah, he's tired. Um, so there are some deeper connections to history with the Mothman legend. There's other stories of winged creatures if you go back throughout. I, I read something kind of interesting. If you sh- there's there's somewhat of a connection to some Irish and Scottish folklore. If you like stretch it a little bit, you've heard of the banshee, I'm sure. Tell me about it. Okay. Well, so this is a female spirit who heralds the death of a family member through screeching, wailing, shrieking, crying, and is often said to have red eyes from crying. It's kind of interesting that in West Virginia, there were a lot of Scottish and Irish immigrants that settled in this area because our mountains reminded them of like the Highland Mountains in Scotland. I think it was the same mountain range back when this was Pangea. It's all connected. I mean, that's if you believe the earth's more than 6,000 years old, but I mean. I do. Uh, so well, you believe in Mothman? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so that, I mean, there could be something there that maybe that that folklore and those legends somehow were passed on and influenced the story of Mothman. I don't know. It's not. It's not the same type of creature, but there are yeah. some similarities, like spreading. The news of doom, having red eyes, screeching. There's a there's a couple similarities. I don't know that there's a lot to that, but it's just interesting and worth noting. Also, in the Hindu culture, there's something called a Garuda. I think it's a winged creature that comes before disaster. And John Keel actually almost titled his book, The Mothman Prophecies. He almost called it The Year of the Garuda. Because it was huh. a winged creature that brings, dis- or brings news of disaster. Yeah. So that's just some interesting extra little stuff there. So, um, that's Mothman. We love him. And now, in present day, okay. there, in Point Pleasant, um, there was, there's a native for, to Point Pleasant named Charles Humphrey. He got this man named Bob Roach to build the Mothman statue to try to be, bring life back to Point Pleasant. Because the town was kind of dying. Yeah. There wasn't a lot going on there. And he's like, we need to do something, you know, to bring life back to the town. So, Bob Roach built the statue. It's t- a 12-foot fall chrome. 12 foot tall, sorry, I'm getting excited thinking about it. A 12 foot tall chrome polished statue that was added in 2003. So this was like a year after the movie came out. Uh, it's it's really cool. Dirk and I have gone to Point Pleasant and seen the statue. It's pretty big. Like it's impressive to look at. But when I was reading about the details of it, this made me laugh so hard I almost cried. One article was describing all the features, and they described the statue as having a braided down mullet. I thought that was just hilarious. Like, it, it's I would never have looked at this statue and described it that way, but I guess to this person, they thought the top of Mothman's head looked like a braided down mullet. And so then I had that in my head that Mothman has a mullet now. Mm. Um, That's so funny. I, I mean, I don't think it looks like that, but I always thought that like the uh, like the wings that Mothman has on the statue, it it doesn't look like any other depiction of his. Like, I right here from your couch, I can see four Mothmen. <laughs> yeah, in my if, house. If that doesn't tell anyone like how much Hannah loves Mothman, <laughs> from right here, where I I'm wore sitting. a Mothman shirt to work yesterday. 
<laughs> yeah. You, well, you. I know that's not your only one. No. So you have. You probably have a Mothman shirt for every day of the week, <laughs> and you have Mothman earrings, and you headband. have like a, a headband, two headbands. I think. Rock right. charms. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> just so, but if you look at the statue, and uh, I'll, I'll put the statue up in the photo dump, but it looks like mm-hmm. his wings have like holes in them, like. Yeah, I think it that was just like some a, artistic licensure there. Looks like a death metal band logo. Yeah, oh. it's a cool statue. Yeah. Um. So that ha- they had the statue, and then people started really loving it, and a lot of people started traveling to Point Pleasant solely to see the statue and take pictures with it, and that started bringing some tourism and things back and boosting the economy up. And so then that's going on for a little while, and then a, Ma- a Mothman museum was opened by Jeff Wamsley, and Dirk and I went there. And it is really cool. You go in, and of course, you know, they have a gift shop like any other museum. You can get shirts, keychains, all kinds of stuff. But then you pay a little bit. I can't remember what the price was, but it was really cheap. It was very affordable. You pay to go back into the museum part, and they have so much to look at. So they have, like, the original newspaper clippings of when that first happened, interviews, notes, things like that. But then they also have a lot of props from the movie. So there's costumes. There's pieces of like set stuff that was in the movie. They have a lot more information about the men in black encounters. Um, I couldn't find a lot, a lot of that online, but I do remember seeing it in the museum. There's like a whole section of the museum dedicated to people that talked to the men in black while this was going on. So if you go there, you can learn a lot more about that, but it's really neat. And then the town has kind of embraced it as well. There's another shop across the street from the museum that has a lot of Mothman and other cryptid things. There's a coffee shop that we went to that had Mothman cookies. Like, it's just, it's a really cool experience. And so every year at the end of September, starting from 2002, they have the Mothman Festival. And this thing has gotten humongous. They have guest speakers, vendors, food contests, hayrides. It brings in like 10 to 15,000 people to this little town that normally has like 5,000 people living in it. It's a huge deal. So I'm not the only one. People love the Mothman. The end. Yeah. <laughs> I think that the Mothman statue, I think that they should take it off one day and replace it with a guy like dressed as the Mothman statue. And then when people come to take their picture, he can scare them like they do in those. YouTube That'd be videos. really funny. Yeah. Yeah. So my final thoughts about Mothman. Um, I don't necessarily believe that he's still like out there flying around to this day. But I feel like there were so many stories and there was enough to make me believe that he was there back in the late 60s. And I don't think that he made the bridge collapse. I think he was warning the people that something was going to happen. And he was misunderstood and they didn't know what he was trying to do. I think he loosened the bolt. (laughs) And I don't think that he was trying to attack cars. I think he was just trying to make friends and didn't know how to communicate. I don't think he ate that dog. Okay. He was just trying to be friendly. Yeah, he's a good guy. He just likes to lurk in the dark and scare people for fun. Right. What are your thoughts? I just, I don't know. I don't think. (laughs) I just, I like the story. I think it's a good story. I think it's really, I think it's unique. Yeah. I think that, um, I think it's, well, so when I did all the monsters, right? It's like there's how many 12 or 13 sea monsters. Yeah. 
And all of them, except for, like, three, were the exact same, like, it's a big thing in a lake somewhere. And the only unique ones were, like, the Zwydendale merman. That was so stupid. <laughs> the frogman. No, the frog, the frogman was, well, that's not a sea monster. Oh, I thought we were talking about ones that were different. No, I'm I'm saying, like, mm-hmm. sea monsters. Mm-hmm. They were all the same. They were just big things in a lake, but the Zwydendale merman was so stupid. The Tijaruk was cool, but it's still like, a, it's a sea monster that eats people. Yeah. And then, and then you have the octopus, which is just like totally just a, like, people are like, there's an octopus in there, in that lake, and it's not really like a, I don't know. It'd be, it'd be really way cool if they were like, there's a kraken in our lake. Yeah. And he only comes out every 75 years. Yeah. But then there's like some really unique ones, like, uh, like the, um, like the Mothman or like the Frogman or like um, the uh, Froghead Pocket and carry rocks to throw it You scared me. <laughs> oh my gosh. Um, yeah, if a frog had pockets, he'd carry rocks to throw at snakes. Um, or there's, um, I'm trying so hard to like remember so many of these, but like. Like the Thunderbirds are like from Native American mythology, and mm-hmm. like, but then there's also a lot of big feet, right? So, and the, and pretty much all they're the, all ape-like creatures. <laughs> every single one of them, like the, like, you know, the it's just like the very first like line on every single entry on like the cryptid wiki or regular Wikipedia or whatever monster is the such and such is an ape-like creature similar to depictions of Bigfoot. Every single one of them says the exact same thing. So I made sure to put it in every single entry. It says, is an ape-like creature similar to depictions of Bigfoot. So when people listen back to that, it's like, it's just a Bigfoot. That's all it is. That's it. Yeah. Um, but then, I don't know. I just, I don't know. The, like, Shane the skeptic. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not even that. It's like. I don't know. No, that's what's, fine. I don't know what's wrong with my brain. It's just like this kind of stuff is like. I mean, I, like, I want to be skeptical about it, but okay. then as, as soon as we start getting into like the conspiracy episodes, it's going to be like, yeah, people are going to be like, that guy's a nut, like, believes everything. I mean, if I'm being like 100% real, obviously we know a lot of this stuff is not real, but it's just so much fun to think that it, it is. is. Yeah. It's fun to believe. I think so, like, the lizard man of Skateboard Swamp, that one, and it turned out it was like a bean farmer. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's the best explanation. It's like, okay. It's, I like that it's, I like that Mothman is unique, right? I yeah. like style points for being different. Sure. Style points for being different. I like that, like, he has like a, I like that people have kind of gathered around like a thing of like, hey, we have a Mothman mm-hmm. and this is, weird unique about this mothman thing and we go to the festival every year and i like that there's history behind it and i like that it's very regional um and i like that you know there's so many like jokes about it now (laughs) yeah everybody knows what it is everyone can talk about it except for that guy that wanted to pretend like he had never heard of it in the year 2016 yeah (laughs) but we all know what it is we can like talk about it yeah jokes about it I just, it's so, I don't know. It's one of those things I just feel like is, 
I just feel like all the monsters are kind of, you know, I'm sure like there's truth to all of them. And there's also like a lot of fake. Yeah. I mean, like in a game of telephone, how things get so twisted. I'm sure from the original sighting to now, it's a wildly different version of events. Yeah. But I mean, we have in our lives seen some weird stuff that a lot of people probably wouldn't believe. So I like to give these people in these stories the benefit of the doubt that they had a weird experience. And I like, I would like for them to know that someone out there believes that they saw something weird, whether it was a Mothman or not. And that, you know, I don't think they're, I don't think they're just making it up. I feel like there, there has to be a little bit of truth to it. If they all stick to the same story. Have you ever heard of uh, Betty and Barney Hill? Um, they were a couple um, from, I think, the same like Point Pleasant area. And that is one of the most, uh, most uh, probably like probable real cases of alien abduction. And they both experienced missing time and they were separated and told their stories and they were the exact same. Yeah, see, like there's and, something uh, to cases like that. Yeah. Something to it. So... But that's just, it's from the same area. That's the only reason yeah. I'm mentioning it. But, um, but yeah, I just, I don't know. I like monsters. I like, I like the stories. Yeah. I just, I it's don't. funny how this podcast is going to flip because I'm like, yeah, I believe all these monsters. And you're like, no. Nah. And then we're going to get to the conspiracies. And you're like, I believe all these conspiracies. I'm going to be like, you're nuts. <laughs> like, <laughs> I, I feel very strongly that I can flip you on at least. Two conspiracies. I'm telling you right now, you will never convince me about the moon. <laughs> We're not even going to discuss your thoughts on the moon. I, it's not even my real thoughts. Jeez. <laughs> but also, like, I cannot wait until we get into, like, like MK Ultra. <laughs> oh, gosh. Because that was declassified. <laughs> and the government said, yeah, we did it. What are you going to do about it? And no one did anything. Literally. literally. No one did nothing. Literally. And they all said, yeah, that's what we thought. You're not going <laughs> to. You not. They're like Conor McGregor. You won't do nothing. You won't do nothing. Yeah. Oh so. I love that. Like we've, we've seen each other the memes before, but it's, it is so funny how we've gone from the government denying aliens exist. So they totally exist to now. The government saying aliens do exist, and we're kind of like, eh, I don't know about that. I think you're probably oh, lying. <laughs> so I saw I saw one the other day that they they showed like a a video of like a flying saucer, like your classical flying saucer flying past an aircraft, like a a Boeing seven eighty seven or whatever, whatever the big new airplane is. And uh, people in the comments were like, Yeah, so. 10 years ago, this would be like the best evidence for UFOs that exist. But now, because the government says that they're real, I won't believe anything I see. <laughs> yeah. I just refuse to believe anything. <laughs> but also, my thing now is like, it's hard to, it's hard to believe anything that you see with your eyes now because, like, unless you see it. Like yourself. in person, yeah. If if you show me video of something, my initial thought is like, I need to watch this at least twenty to forty seven more times. Yeah, and it's and you're still like, this is probably fake. Yeah, before I decide, like, is that is there something in there that makes it look like AI generated, or that it's it's CGI'd, or that it's 
like, I don't know, or like this yeah. photo, like, is it Photoshop or something? Yeah. And so, and the, the problem with like, especially with all of this stuff is that like, it used to be really easy to tell is something Photoshopped. Mm-hmm. Like it used to be really easy that you could like, unless you were a really, really good Photoshop artist, it used to be really, really hard to tell right. that something was Photoshopped. Even like there's, there's old um, film pictures where they, you know, they were able to quote unquote Photoshop them. Like you could put other things on the film and into the negative and make it into an image. And yeah. so plenty of those have come out as like people can see the artifacting in it and say that's fake. But nowadays, like Photoshop has advanced so much. Like you barely need to do anything like Photoshop when, so for my job, I've done stuff before where I've had to like replace the sky Mm -hmm. and it will automatically used to be, you would have to like kind of color grade your sky a little bit or color grade your image to match the sky because it would look so fake because it would be like a really, really warm tinted image Mm -hmm. and the sky just looks normal. And so it doesn't match. But now like you can you click the sky replacement button in Photoshop and it automatically does it and automatically matches color to a certain extent. So like you don't, it does it for you. The computer just does it. Yeah. And they also added AI to Photoshop. So what you can do now is actually you can, I've done this. You can select a little portion of the sky and be like, put a UFO here. And it does <laughs> it. So. Yeah. So, I mean like it's really hard to believe anything that's in pictures or videos. So you have yeah. to, see it with your eyeballs <laughs> like also the fact that like like i said the the government has been for decades working on stuff that we don't know about yeah and so if you see something like that doesn't necessarily mean aliens it could just be something that like i'm i'm convinced and this is where we start getting a little conspiratorial that i'm convinced that the government has technology out there that you would like you would never even think would oh, be possible 100%. to exist. So there's a, there's a quote, and I'm sure I'll bring it up at some point, but I can't remember who it's by. But they said that a true technological advancement, like a a big leap in technology, would be akin to magic. Yeah. And I bet the government has magic. <laughs> so. Yeah. Well, let's anyway. save all that for when we do those episodes. But I'm so excited to yeah. do conspiracy episodes. So we talked about Flatwoods Monster today. We talked about my favorite, Mothman. Next week, we will get into Sheep Squatch and the Grafton Monster. I think you're going to lead us on Sheep Squatch, and I'll lead us on the Grafton Monster. Week two yeah. of the extravaganza. Anything else you want to say before we close it out? Yeah, I was trying to remember the entire episode that I forgot to say something, and I forgot it. So oh, What happens? I, yeah, you'll get that with these big jobs. <laughs> we could say it at the start of the next one. Um, I'll forget it by then. <laughs> I know I will. I was going to say, um, the, uh, oh, hey, tell us Dirk saw aliens. Yeah, he did. Um, uh, he should probably tell the story. My memory's okay. so bad. But he, he was at work and he lo- looked up in the sky. Actually, let's cut this out. Let's wait for him to tell it. <laughs> cut that out. <laughs> Okay, cut it out hmm. at 138. Yeah. Um, oh, the there's a haunted hotel in Point Pleasant. Oh, is uh, there? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. So it's the, I forget the name of it, but when I was in middle school, years and years and years and years and years ago, um, when remember when I wrestled in middle school. So I completely forgot you did that until just mm-hmm. now. So I wrestled in middle school and, um, every year they, they had a big tournament in, uh, Point Pleasant had a bunch of schools from West Virginia, had a couple of schools from Kentucky and a couple of schools from Ohio that would come to this big tournament. And it was huge. And um, they uh, they actually, the same weekend, it was like a two or three day deal. I think it was three days. And they would have the um, the middle school and the high school teams as well. So like everyone was here for this big tournament. Anyway, so we stayed, I went three times. And every single time we stayed in this hotel that everybody said was haunted. And it's a very old hotel. And we should probably do an episode on it. Or maybe like a mini sode or something. I don't yeah. know. Maybe um, we can talk about it on the 13th. Maybe we'll just do a couple yeah, of mini stories. Not that special. <laughs> but anyway. All right. So they said there's all kinds of like ghosts and stuff in it. Anyway. I never saw anything. Um, everybody said that there was like, you know, you see ghosts or whatever. I think, mm-hmm. like I said, in one of the other episodes about ghosts, it's like anytime that you hear something, it's like, yeah, they just say that everybody sees ghosts here. Yeah. Drum up business. But. You never know. Like, I've, I've never seen one, and I don't know anybody else who ever has, so... Well, it can still be a good story worth talking about. Yeah. But anyway, so we went one day, and we were climbing up the stairs, like me and three other guys, and this lady stepped out and looked like a ghost. <laughs> like, <laughs> gown, like a ugly old lady face, like, looked like a ghoul. Mm-hmm. And she, she was like, what are you boys doing? Just late at night, it was like 9.30, and we had McDonald's bags, and she's like, what are you boys doing? We're like, we're going to her room, <laughs> and we're really, really scared, because you look like <laughs> And she was like, quit stomping up the stairs, and we're like, our room's right here. Uh-huh. Like this one, and this one. Yeah. And she's like, I'm going to tell your, who, who are you, are you at a school field trip? We're like, we're a wrestling team. She's like, I'm going to tell your coach on you. Oh, no. So the next day, we were in the locker room, and... Our wrestling coach was like, so the hotel got a complaint. And we told us, we were like, yeah, so this is, it was just a mean old lady. Um, So I, this is not the same, but I also got a complaint from a hotel when I was in middle school because my cheer team was there and we were practicing cheers in the room and the neighbors did not like that. And we also got in trouble too. Sad. Anyway, good episode. Anyway, next week, week two of the, Halloween, October, Cryptid, Monster, Extravaganza mm-hmm. is Sheep's Quatch. I and said it. I covered it. Monster. I did it. I'm Way ahead it, of you. I'm saying it. <laughs> Jeez. Let me do what I need to do. <laughs> I'm trying to do something. <laughs> let me go let first. Me go. Please let me go. I'm doing something. <laughs> um, I, saw, <laughs> I saw a video in real life. Somebody tried to do that. No. The person in front of them didn't pay for the meal. That reference is from, I think you should leave on Netflix. Is that yeah. what it's called? Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's that's pretty funny. They a lot of good. Anyway, I, we're getting wrap it up. Right. Wrap it up before we start really just getting out of here. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, sheep's crossing after monster, and then also uh, leave us five star review on your preferred podcasting platform, and share our posts, and like us on Facebook and Instagram, and. And uh, 
the click the Amazon link and um, uh, tell Hannah she was a good storyteller and be safe driving home watch out for the not here bye bye